Keep it real with Jared Lawrence. I'm not a hunter, but I'm told that uh, in places like in the Arctic, where indigenous people uh, sometimes might might hunt a wolf, they, they'll, they'll take a double-edged blade and they'll put blood on the blade and they'll melt the ice and stick the handle in the ice so that only the, the, the blade is protruded and that a wolf will smell the blood and wants to eat and it'll come and lick the blade trying to eat. And what happens is when the, when the wolf licks the blade, of course, uh, he cuts his tongue and he bleeds and he thinks he's really having a good thing. He drinks and he licks and he licks and of course he's drinking his own blood and he kills himself. That's what the imperialists did to us with crack cocaine. You got these young brothers out there thinking that they're getting something that they're gonna make a living with. They're getting something they can buy a car like the white people have cars. Why can't I have a car? They're getting something that they can they can get a piece of gold. The white people have gold. Why can't I have gold? They're getting something to get a house. The white people have a house. Why can't I have a house? And they actually think that it's something that's bringing resources to them, but they're killing themselves just like the wolf who's licking the blade and they're slowly dying without knowing. That's what's happening to the community. You with me on that? That's exactly and precisely what happens to the community. And instead of blaming the hunter who put the damn handle and the blade in the ice for the wolf, that what happens is the wolf gets blamed for trying to live. That's what happens in our community. You don't blame the person, the victim, you blame the oppressor. Imperialism, white power is the enemy. Was the enemy when it first came to Africa, snatched up the first African, brought us here against our will, is the enemy today. Welcome to Keeping It Real with Jared Lawrence. I'm your host, Jared Lawrence. I gotta make it clear, man. I've been waiting to play that intro for a long time. That is titled Wolves, and it is off the Dead Prez Let's Get Free album. And I just felt like tonight was the perfect episode to play it. Um, got some some topics I want to talk about, some history, some empowerment. And I just felt like I had to set the mood. Had to set the mood with that. So without further ado, I'm here. Now, I know, I know it's been a while. These episodes are few and far in between like to apologize again as i told you guys i'm i'm heavy in the stocks right now i'm learning a lot so i'm not consistent and i apologize for that um one of the main reasons i even came on tonight and wanted to do an episode is because i've been off from work the last couple days so i've been watching a lot of youtube that's what i like to do kind of just to relax and unwind i watch a lot of videos on youtube of some of my favorite people I like to hear from. And honestly, lately, I don't know what it is, but I just feel like the content has not been that good. So I was like, I'm watching a lot of this stuff. I'm just like, man, I'm better than these people. So if the content is not that good right now, I need to come on and do an episode. I gotta, I gotta give the people what they want. So want to come on here tonight. Uh, it's a Thursday night. It's 1134 PM. So I'm staying up pretty late tonight. I have to work in, um, I'm working overnight tomorrow. But I'm also doing a double shift, so it's going to be a 16-hour workday. 
But they gave me Saturday off, so it's kind of a trade. But when I work these double shifts, I have to, like, force myself to stay up late, which is the problem. Because I got to make myself stay up till, like, 4 a.m., go to bed from about 4 a.m. to noon. And then when I uh, wake up, I want to wake up and go straight to work, get ready and go straight to work. I leave my house around 1 o'clock. Because I don't want to waste a lot of time because I'm going to be up for so long. So I want to get my precious sleep for as much time as necessary. So I, I forced myself to stay up late. And it's like, why, why not do a podcast? Because normally when I do these podcasts late at night, after I'm done, it's hard for me to go to bed anyway. Like, I'm just wired. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's because I talk for like an hour, hour and a half. So after I'm done, it's hard to just like unwind and go to sleep. So I was like, why not do a podcast tonight? while I have to stay up late anyway. And I'm, I mean, it's 1135. I still have four and a half hours to go. So I'll probably eat dinner after this, but I want to motivate myself to come on here. Cause it's been like two or three weeks and I didn't want to get into the, the habit of just, once you kind of stop podcasting, it's hard to get back into it. So the more weeks that go by, I feel like it's harder for me to get back in the studio. So I, I wanted to put an end to that today. And get back in here and say a few things. I'm going to try to keep this one around an hour. Um, I do want to say the state of the Jared is going to happen this year. State of the Jared 2021. And I'm actually going to save like a lot of my personal life and a lot of the takes for that for the state of the Jared. Cause there's a lot of stuff I want to get into this year on my life. Uh, I'll be a little, a little open and honest on some things that are going on or have gone on and just where the direction is. I feel like I'm, I, I know where I want to do now and I got a little bit of a purpose. So I'm going to get more deeper into that on the state of the Jared. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to get too, too far in before I, that. So that'll probably be first week of July after my birthday. We'll recap the birthday and all that. As of right now, I don't really have really any birthday plans. I'm going to have lunch with like my coworker because we have the same birthday. So we're going to do that. I think I'm going to get dinner at Fazoli's. And then at night, I will probably just, you know, go somewhere and grab a beer. And if people want to come out and kick it, they can. But I'm not, like, making – I'm not sending texts out, like, telling everybody, all right, this is what the plan is. If people hit me up on my birthday and, like, what's the plan? I'm not let them know what the plan is. But I'm not going to just start texting everybody because I don't want people to feel obligated and all that. And I don't know. I just – I'm laying low this year, so it's kind of like, you know, whoever I speak to, I speak to. Or if you listen to this podcast, you'll know what the plan is. But – don't expect me to just start texting everybody. So the plan will probably be get a beer at night somewhere. And I'm thinking Keg Social in Waterford. I went there last week, and it's a pretty cool spot. It's the old Firkin and Kegler. It's a nice, it's a nice vibe, you know. The beer, it's like five bucks for the Yingling. I mean, it's a little pricey, but I like the vibe in there as opposed to the other local spots. So that will most likely be the plan. With all that being said, uh, let's get to some topics. Because it's been a while since I've really did a lot of topics. I think I've talked about my life so much. I don't really do many topics anymore. But I started the episode with the Wolves thing. Because last week um, marked the 100th um, year anniversary of the Tulsa Massacre. Last week, I believe. Uh, let me get the right day. Because I don't want to mess this up. It was like last Sunday. But of course, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what day of the week that was. Was it? Okay, so was it June 1st? Yeah. 
June 1st was the, uh, or May, May 31st to June 1st. So was that last weekend? No, it was two weekends ago. I'm sorry. Two weekends ago, it was the 100 year anniversary of the Tulsa Massacre. And for those of you who don't know about the Tulsa Massacre, I'm going to talk about it a little bit tonight, but I highly recommend you go, if you can find, uh, if you listen to podcasts, which you should, be, if you're listening to this, obviously listen to podcasts. So there's a podcast called The Daily. What I want everybody to do is I want you to subscribe to The Daily. It's, I believe it's like NPR. I think it's the NPR podcast, but The Daily um, a few weeks ago had a great episode. I'm going to give you the title of it and everything because I want everybody to listen to this for like in-depth analysis and history of the Tulsa Massacre because I'm not going to be able to give you like all of the details. I'm not a historian like that, but I'm going to tell you a little bit. So, yes, June 1st, The Daily had an episode called The Burning of Black Tulsa. So if you have... 34 minutes of free time. That's all how long the episode was. I want you to go and look for that. Um, You can even subscribe to their podcast. They put a lot of good episodes out. So I would listen to them more than just that episode. But specifically, that episode on the daily was so good. I know the there's um, documentaries being told about the Tulsa massacre from like Russell, Russell Westbrook. LeBron has one. I think CNN did something. Um, History Channel did something. So there's a lot of places you can get the information, but that daily podcast was so in-depth and so much information was given that I would just highly recommend everybody listen to that because, you know, they don't teach this stuff in school. That's the problem too. And somebody made a good point about this. I think it was Bomani Jones. Yeah, Bomani Jones said, basically when they teach history in school, all they're doing is teaching you to be proud of America. (laughs) Like, they don't teach the bad stuff because they don't want you to have any like bad feelings about America and all that, like hatred or anything. So all they do is teach you stuff to make you proud of America. So that's why we don't really learn about things like the Tulsa massacre. Uh, we had one in a Coe, a Coe massacre. We had Rosewood, you know, there's many others in the history. Um, I, I know Durham had something where they had an area that was thriving too. So Emmett Till, so many different things that we don't learn about. So it's it's up to us when we hear about this stuff to pass the information on to each other. And that's what I'm trying to do. So like I said, it was the 100-year anniversary, June 1st. So basically, just to give you a, a quick breakdown of what the Tulsa Massacre was. It was a place in Green, in I'm sorry, Tulsa, Oklahoma, called the Greenwood District. So the Greenwood District basically was like a black area in Oklahoma Kind of like, you know, we have every city has the black area, like downtown Orlando. You go under I-4 and you get towards the west side and all that Paramore, you know, the black neighborhood. But the only difference between that and what was in Greenwood was that in Greenwood, this was a thriving area. So, like, they had all their black businesses. They had everything pretty much you needed there. You had the grocery store. You had the tailor. You had the barber shop, uh, hair salon, food and Drinks, bars, uh, movie theater was there. Like they had everything that that you needed. So you really didn't need to leave the area, which is when, you know, I hear some people say, what if we still had segregation? Like maybe we would still have black areas like this. And it's true. Maybe we would have thriving black areas where we're keeping the money circulating uh, within our, our culture. But I also think you got to get the white money too to expand. And, I, and I'll touch on that in a minute too later on when I talk about like the stock market and, 
and everything because you do have to get to the white money. But the black district in Tulsa, Greenwood, it was like an amazing place, like just to hear everybody talk about the historians and everything. So basically what happened was there was a 19-year-old uh, black man named, Do- named Dick Rowland. Uh, I believe he was a shoe shiner. I forgot what his uh, occupation was, but they talk about it on the daily one. They go way more into detail than I'm going to do. So basically he had went into town one day into the white part of uh, Tulsa. And there was, you know, there was places in Tulsa where you could go if you were black still like in the white areas, there was, you know, they have the colored water fountains. So there was places that allowed black people in. So he had went into a building and I believe he was going to get water, but you had to go to like the second floor to get the water from the water fountain. So Dick Rowland, he gets on an elevator and there's an elevator operator named Sarah Page, which she's 17 years old too, white elevator operator, which I don't know why there's an elevator operator needed, but I guess back in the day, and now that I'm thinking about it, you know, a black guy in a white area, they probably wanted to keep eyes on you. So they probably did have, you know, a white elevator operator, which is a pointless job in my opinion. I see them everywhere. Like, you know, Orlando Magic Arena, they have them too. I don't understand why we need elevator operators, but that's beyond the point. So he gets on the elevator with this white girl. I guess it's only them two on the elevator. And when they go up to the top, they're screaming. Like she start the white girl starts screaming. So when they get, you know, they, they're trying to figure out what happened. They, I believe he gets arrested like that day. They're saying he did something to her, but... History, like when I've read everything, they say the, the girl never said that Dick Rowland did anything to her. Like she said she never admitted that anything happened, but we don't know why she screamed on that elevator. Maybe she was scared of black people. We don't know. But basically after that happens, it just sets everything off in the city. You know, white white people are pissed now because oh, they, they, somebody hasn't touched one of our people. Like one of our precious white girls has been possibly attacked. So this is kind of where it kind of gives me similarities to Emmett Till, because if you know the story of Emmett Till, he was accused of whistling at a white woman, and that's what caused them to murder him, and his body was so badly mutilated that his mother had an open casket funeral, because she said, I want everybody to see what they did to my son. So this is kind of similar in that respect, where something happened. We don't know what happened, but some a black guy was accused of something on a white girl, so that like just makes brings out all the rage in the city. And you know, this is, this is kind of the point I want to get to. Cause like I said, Greenwood was a thriving black district. And you know, that probably pissed the white people in that city off that black people were out here making their own money, doing their own thing. And they were probably like just waiting for a moment for their opportunity to kind of destroy that area because they didn't want to see that. It probably pissed them off to see all the black money staying in that one area. So after this all goes down, they say like the um, the during the trial, there's a trial. And I guess they want to hang this dude. They're trying to lynch him. They're trying to do all this. So the black people from Greenwood show up to like kind of protect them, make sure nothing happens. There's guns. Some shots go off, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. I think a couple people might have gotten shot. So after that the white people are even more pissed and we don't know who shot who in this, in this whole skirmish, or whatever, but at night 
I don't know, I guess it was May 31st, they go to, they go into uh, Greenwood, all the white people from Tulsa, like hundreds of them, maybe even thousands, I don't even know, it was a lot. So they go in there, basically looting, rioting, burning everything down, and they pretty much burn the whole city down, they kill, the reports say 75 people were killed, but most people believe it was like at least 300 people that were killed because there was no way to really identify it because once they killed the people, they were dragging the bodies away. They were burying them. Like they were doing their own thing with these bodies. So we don't have an actual number, an accurate number on what, how many people were really killed. So they go in there, they destroy the whole city of Greenwood, burn it to the ground. And there's all these black people now that had to figure out what their next move was going to be. Uh, some of them left, some of them stayed, they tried to rebuild it, but you know, it just never got back to what it was. And the, the daily episode that I listened to is really good. Cause they talked to a survivor from there and basically she's saying, you know, we need reparations. Like we need an apology. We need all that. And, um, uh, initially they did apologize, but they called it the riot. They called it a riot. And the reason they did that is because a riot, it sounds a little bit better than a massacre, right? When they say something's a riot, it's like, oh, you know, they just broke some stuff. They didn't, you know, massacres, like you kill a whole bunch of people, like you burn this whole thing down. So it was a big fight over the years to finally get it called a massacre. So now it's known as the Tulsa Massacre. Even Joe Biden talked about it on the anniversary this year. He did an apology and all that. But that's not enough. Everybody wants more done. They want reparations. They want, you know, people to be paid what they were probably what they lost. And then we're talking about generations where you've lost everything. Who knows where Greenwood would have been today if there was never a massacre, right? All these black areas that were thriving back in the day that were destroyed. Cause it wasn't just Greenwood. There's all others like Rosewood, like I said, a Coe, like there's other black areas that were torn down, man. And just when I think about United States and like where we're at now, it's like, Man, where would black people be today if we were able to like, because we were already starting from, from a, you know, we were, we were already starting from behind. So when we finally start getting our stuff together and we have our, our businesses going and we have our areas in the city that are successful, like we would be so far ahead now, man, if that stuff never happened. I'm not even talking about drugs. That's a whole nother thing. Cause I feel like without drugs in the war on drugs, like, this is a whole different country we're looking at in 2021. Totally different. But that's a story for another day. But I just want to encourage everybody to do your, do your research. Either watch the, uh, the stuff that was on TV about it. Listen to the daily podcast. There's just so much good information about what happened. And you'll learn when you research it that they tried to bury a lot of this. Like, they didn't even want this history out there and... The deal, it's fascinating on the deal and how this all came about to be brought to the, to the forefront. So I won't say too much more on it because I want everybody to kind of learn about it. Um, speaking on other black issues, because, you know, I want to keep it a little black on this episode. Naomi Osaka, man. Let's talk about what's going on there. Because Naomi Osaka withdrew from the uh, French Open last week. Now, initially she said she didn't want to talk to the media because... She's, you know, suffering through some things. She has anxiety, depression. Like she wrote a very heartfelt letter explaining 
you know, why she didn't want to talk to the media. It wasn't like, uh, I hate you guys. Like, everybody got mad at Kyrie because he said he didn't want to talk to the media. He said it in a different way. So Naomi does it in a tasteful way. And it still receives backlash. Like, you can't win on either side, it seems. So when she did it, everybody, I think the public was more understanding. But then the French Open, they were just like, oh, so, 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 like Pepe Le Pew, I'm trying to do a little French. I don't know. I'm terrible with it. Wee wee. But they, they like first she so she played a match. I guess yeah, she played a match, and then she didn't do the interview. So I everybody thought it was going to slide, but it didn't. They fine her fifteen thousand dollars for not doing the interview, even after she tells them all of this stuff. So after that, after that, she's like. Okay, I try to do it in a in a nice way. You guys ain't rocking. All right, I'm out. So she says, I'm going home. She writes another nice statement explaining why she's leaving in dips. And then it people then it becomes this debate on was were they right to find her and this and that. And you know, I'm watching ESPN, Stephen A. Smith. He's like, you know, she can leave if she wants. That's not up to her. You know, I respect it, but you have a job to do. And he's saying, you know, when you're there, you know what the rules are. And that's like they were right to find her, basically. So my whole take on this, because I had a problem with it. I have a problem with the whole, like, just in general, mental health and the way it's viewed in this country. I feel like nobody takes it serious. Like, I feel like we take it serious as people, but professional, like, jobs and stuff, they don't take it serious. When when people are saying something's bothering them or they got this mental health, like, their anxiety or whatever. We see it at all these jobs. Like even my job, I, I say it. I, I, I talk to the people on my job. And I'm like, yo, it's crazy how they give us all these sick days. But when you want to take like a mental health day, they want you to take your vacation day. Like we need to like take some of these sick days and give mental health days because these, this job is stressful. It's like, yo, I'm so drained sometimes after leaving there. Like what, why can't I have a day where I'm like, yo, I just need a break like mentally because I can't, you know, I might go over the edge if I go in, you know? So I, I have a problem with, with a lot of jobs, not offering mental health days or some type of thing for mental health. I saw Amazon was doing something where it was like, like a phone booth where if you if you're stressed out, you can go sit in there and they have all this material you can read and stuff. And I'm like, bro, y'all don't get it. Y'all do not understand what this is about. But I mean, at least they're trying. I just feel like these jobs, these businesses, these corporations have to get better with understanding of the whole mental health situation. And it's going to take stuff like Naomi Osaka saying, F this, I'm out. And I like what she did because she took the power back. And this is what I mean by that, because this is kind of what I've tried to explain about with the whole Kyrie Irving thing, where everybody gets mad about Kyrie Irving. Basically, what I think it is is, and I hate, to, I hate to bring race into this, but fuck it. We're bringing race into it. I feel like a lot of people have a problem with black people having power in anything, but especially sports. They want us to just shut up and dribble, play the sport, get paid, don't say nothing, don't complain, just play and entertain fans. That's all they want, really. And I feel like the tide is turning ever since like a lot of social justice stuff. I mean, Kaepernick kind of started it. Where he's like, yo, I'm not just going to play. I'm going to speak out. But then you have somebody like Kyrie 
who's like, bro, I need a mental health day. Like, I need time off. I'm not playing. So then he does it his way where people, you know, they say he didn't show up, whatever. I don't think we can really judge the whole Kyrie thing because we don't know what understanding he had with the Nets organization. We don't know if they were talked to before, if this is something they understand. Like, I feel like a lot of it is just speculation. So when people give their opinion on Kyrie, I kind of, I have my opinion. And maybe my opinion might be based on something that's not known either. So we don't really know on either side. But we do know that with Naomi Osaka, we know for a fact, she said beforehand that I have problems with this. I need a break from the media. And like you can read her whole thing. Like She explained it in detail. I thought it was well, well said. And the French opened, and they acted like they didn't understand it. Uh, one of the other major people, they tweeted a diss at her. I don't know if it was Wimbledon or US. Like one of them dissed her in a tweet. Like There was a lot of hating going on from these people. So when she finally leaves... That's what I love because I'm like, yo, she took the power back. She said, yo, if y'all ain't go rock with it, I'm out. And she dipped. And you know what? They need her. She's the best player in tennis. She's the biggest draw in tennis. I believe she's number two player. I don't even know who's number one, but she's literally the one you probably know about outside of Serena. So her leaving is a big deal because like now it's a different marketing. Like they can't market it the same. They're probably losing endorsements. So once she left, I think it finally hit them, and they're like, oh, shoot. Like, we need to take this more serious. And then a few days later, the French Open puts out a press release, and they're like, all of the majors, us, the Wimbledon, U.S. Open, um, and whatever the other one is, we're all going to start listening to the players. We're going to have open dialogue, and we're going to kind of work this out. So it seemed like they were more understanding once she left, which is why I'm happy she left, because sometimes it takes you – taking that power and walking away to show these companies like, yo, that person's really valuable. And that's why I say that with Kyrie Irving, where it's like people hate Kyrie so much. Like the people who get it, get it. But the people who hate him, hate him so much because Kyrie can just do what he wants. And it's not like the Nets or the NBA is going to be like, get out of here, quit, retire. Like they can't force him out because he's, he's needed. He brings so much value to the NBA. So everybody knows you can't just kick him out. And it's kind of like what Naomi Osaka did. She did it in a more tasteful way. But they can't just kick her out. Like, she left on her own. And you see, they came calling back a couple of days later. So, I just appreciate it. And I, I think it's going to take more things like that where we got to stand up to these co corporations for us to finally get the mental health uh, benefits that we all need. Because Lord knows, man, the way this country is right now, with the with the pandemic and all that, like a lot of people are going through it. And I just I just want to say everybody hold your head. I got friends who are going through it. I mean, I've gone through it. Like it's it's tough right now, man. I mean, the economy's opening back up, so it looks like everything's great, but mentally a lot of people are drained. And I'm gonna talk more about it when I do the stay of the Jared, but yeah, just keep your friends in the, in your prayers and uh reach out to your friends. Reach out to some of the friends you haven't talked to in a while. I know I need to do a better job at that. I mean, sometimes you know, on Facebook, it's easy to just put a post up and everybody comments or likes it, and you can kind of keep in touch that way. But since I'm not on social media, I have to do a better job of staying in touch. I got the vaccine. I got. I told you guys on the last episode I got the, the first vaccine of Pfizer, so I got my second vaccine. Just want to say I'm ready for the summer, ready for whatever now, and go out. Uh... I didn't really feel any bad effects too much. 
I would say the worst thing I felt was sore arm and fatigue. Like the fatigue is real. I I don't know who all's gotten the vaccine, but the fatigue, like I was tired for like a whole day. I slept like 10 hours and was still tired. I called out of work because I just was feeling a little bit of effects. Like not like fever and headache and all that, but I'm sorry. Like I said, you give me some sick days. I'm going to use the sick days, even if it's a little sickness or a lot of sickness. Like I've worked too many days where I probably should have called out. So now when I'm feeling something and I, it's a vaccine that Fauci has told me that, you know, I might feel an effect. Yeah, I'm going to, I got to use my sick day. Sorry. I didn't get the mental health day. I got to use the sick day. And uh, in the words of the great Jay-Z, I'm overcharging for what they did to the cold crush. So yeah, I had to call out sick for that day. Um, I'm back to, I'm back to work though. I feel good. I probably won't call out sick anymore. I feel pretty, pretty good. And I, I will say, I mean, Ever since I've gotten the vaccine, I don't know. I don't know if this is real or not, but I just haven't really felt like the the sore throat and the weird stuff I was feeling last year. Maybe it's because winter hasn't hit yet either, but I feel pretty good after this vaccine. I know some people think it's damaging or they're putting some poison in you, and I don't know, man. Like, Shout out to my boys. I ain't going to say your names, but some of them, they don't believe in it. Uh, one of my friends told me, I guess there's some thing where they're saying they're, they're injecting like metal into you because you can put the coin on your shoulder and it sticks to it. So I tried it. I tried it after the first vaccine, it fell off. And then I tried it again after the second one. But I've been what I'm thinking that coin thing is, if you haven't heard about it, it's like they say after you get the vaccine, you'll have like a quarter and it will stick to your shoulder now because there's like some type of titanium or something. I don't know what the fuck in there, but I think what it was is. After you get it, your arm is like kind of swollen. So my shoulder was a little swollen and it, it did kind of stick to it for a little bit when it was swollen. But now that the swelling's going down, it doesn't really do that anymore. So I don't know. I don't know if that's real or not. I think it's cap, but whatever. I'll let everybody believe what they want. And y'all can, you know, you can have your own theories on everything. But I am fully vaccinated. I vaxxed that ass up and I'm ready for the summer. Uh probably not going to be a hot boy summer like i'm like i said i'm winding down on the dating sites so yeah it's, it's probably gonna be a chill summer for me i've been getting into the stocks too i want to talk about that for a little bit uh i've been asked to, to kind of give some information on what i'm doing so i think i'm i'm way far ahead of where i was before on like the last episode where i tried to explain it so i'll tell y'all a little bit about What's going on with the stocks? I am still using um, Schwab. I'm going to log in real quick too to my account just so I can. What I want to do is I want to tell you guys like what stocks I've bought so far. Like I'm not going to tell you what to buy because I feel like we all have different goals when it comes to the stock market and we're all trying to accomplish different things. So what I want to do is I'm just going to tell you guys the stocks that I have bought. And I, what I'll do is I'll give you the ticker symbol. So the ticker symbol is like the stock will have a name, the company name. So like one stock I bought was called Affirm Holdings, Inc. The ticker symbol is AFRM. And you might want to get a pen or voice notes or whatever you're doing. But uh, write these, write all these symbols down. And what you can do is you can go on Google and you can Google, this is normally how I um, 
search for stocks. Like I'll get the ticker symbol or you can, you can search it by the company too, but it's easier with the ticker. So I'll Google like AFRM and then I'll put stock after. And then after that, I see the, the stock. And what I like to do is I like to see what the day range was for it. So I like to see what it opened up as or at, and I like to see what it closed at. And I like to see like the, the peaks and valleys of what it did during the day. And then I'll also look at, I go to max. So then when I do that, you can click under, like you can do, you can look at it by like day, five day, one month. You can look at so many different things on how this stock is done. But I do max because I always like to see what it started at. Like when the stock first went public, I always want to know what it started at, how high it ended up going. Did it drop? Where's it at now? Like I'm looking at a lot of analytics with it. So I'll do that, and then that'll kind of give me an idea on how much I want to invest into the stock. So for those that don't understand, I'm going to try to explain it a little bit better. I don't think I did great the last time, so I'm going to try better this time. So with stocks, you have shares. So a share is just basically like what you can buy. Like everything's by share. So like when I bought a firm holdings, I bought two shares of it for uh, $60 each. So what I did was, and this, I like Schwab. I don't know if Robinhood does this, but on Schwab, you can do this where I'll look at like the night before I kind of like will decide what stock I want to go after. So I will go on there. You can like preset things on how to, how you want to buy it. So what I do is if it closes at like, let's say uh, a firm, actually I bought uh, I bought a firm the day of, so this is not going to be the way I, I have to explain it differently, but I'll tell you how I did a firm. So a firm I had been looking at, like it's on my watch list, but I wasn't really, their price was kind of high. So I, I wasn't feeling it. I think they were above 60. They were in like the $65 range. So I was looking at it one day and it was dropping. It was like in the fifties. Yeah, it was like 59 something. So then I'm like, yo, let me just buy this straight up. So I bought it. I put in a bid for uh, two shares, $60 each, which would equal $120 spent for two shares. So I ended up getting that, the two shares. And then um, after, I, after I bought it, I think it, yeah, the next day, because I bought it on a Friday. So Monday, it was around 60. Now today it's at 63.68. So I've already made, it's gone up. Um, $3.68 per share. So $7.36 it's gone up total for me since I've gotten it. Um, now, all these stocks I want to say is this is all long-term stuff for me. So what it did today is not really a big deal to me. I like to look just because I'm curious, but I want to hold on to these for years because that's a company I believe will go up more, a lot more. So that's just when you buy, you hold, you don't really sweat it. Now, sometimes you'll buy one like I bought one called Pubmatic. That one's P-U-B-M. So this is actually a better example of how I usually do things. So I'll explain this one. Pubmatic, I bought one day I put in a bid because I think the night before I'll look at what it ended at. So I think Pubmatic the night before ended at like $34 and some change. So I said, all right, 
I'm going to, because I always try to go under whatever it ends at. I'm not paying like full price. I'm always trying to get these stocks a little cheaper than what they want. So this is what I've learned. And I'm, this is kind of a little tip I'll give you guys. So I set the price for Pubmatic at $33 per share. Now, like I said, it was 34 and some change that at the end of the day. And the stocks, it starts at 930 in the morning and it ends at 4 p.m. That's when the market opens and closes. So after four, you can't really do anything. I know on Robinhood, you can, um, on Robinhood, you can uh, buy the stock you could put in your bid and Robinhood will save the price of whatever it is. And then in the morning when it opens, they'll buy it for you. Now, if it, and if it opens at a lower price, Robinhood will give it to you for the lower price, which I think everybody will end up doing. They all do that. I don't think that's just a Robinhood thing. I think most of them will give it to you at whatever it opens at. I'm not sure. I think, I think that is true though. Cause I know one time I put a bid in for a stock and it ended up, it never hit the price I bid at and they ended up giving it to me for the lower price. So I think that's a normal thing. But with pub, like I said, I put a $33 bid in for two shares. So $66. <clears throat> so the next day what happens is and the, the thing I like about the bid thing is you set the limit. So I set my limit. Basically that's what I mean when I put a bid in. I set a limit on how high I want to pay for that stock. So when I put that limit at 33 for pub, it means if that stock opens at $34 in the morning, it's not going to buy it for me unless it drops down to 33. So you have a whole day for it to get to that price for you to get it. That's what, that's why I like the limit because it kind of works to your advantage and you can just set it and forget it. Whereas if you're watching a stock all day, waiting for it to drop, you're just freaking out like, oh man, I need to get to this price. Whereas you know what you're willing to pay already. You make your limit and you don't worry about it. Now, sometimes uh, I will look during the day and I will readjust what my limit is going to be if I don't think I can get it at that price. And I've done that a few times where I end up, you know, up at like 25 cents or whatever, just to make sure I can get it. But with pub, this, this one was wild because the next day I ended up getting it early so I'm like excited, like, yo, I got pub for 33 because, oh, I forgot to tell you my trick. So I've been watching all these stocks. And what I notice is, and this is why I set the limit at the night before. In the morning when the stock market opens, and you can look at every stock, like it, it's pretty much, they most of them do this. So it opens at 9.30. And between like 9.30 and 11, is what I noticed that most of these stocks start to drop. I don't know what it is about the morning. I still don't, I haven't really researched it enough, but the stocks usually drop in the morning. That's when you can get it for the cheapest. You'll probably get it for the day, either in the morning or towards the end of the afternoon. So middle of the day is probably not the best time to try to get the stock because that price is going to be higher. But in the, if you look at like the trends and the analytics, they all usually drop in the morning. And so that's why I like to set the night before because I sleep late sometimes. It's like, like I said, I woke up at noon today. So in the morning, I can just sleep and my, my phone will beep whenever it gets to the price that I'm wanted at. And then I, I'll see on there like I had executed uh, two trades of the shares or whatever. So with the pub one, I ended up getting it for $33 and I was super excited because I'm like, I got a great deal on pub. But then what happened with this one, it kind of backfired on me. And this is kind of why you might not want to set a limit. So after I bought it for 33, I start looking at it throughout the day and it just drops and drops and drops. 
And by the end of the day, pub is down to like $28. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? I just overspent for pub and I'm freaking out, even though it's only two shares. But I'm pissed because I feel like I always want to get the better end of the deal. And I was I was pissed, man. I was like, damn it, I should have waited. That was the one time where I'm like, dang, I shouldn't have did the limit. Because if I would have just waited like I did, like I told you guys I did with um with uh, Affirm, where I saw Affirm drop towards the end of the day and I decided to buy it because it dropped. I probably could have got pub for like $28, $27, but I didn't. I paid $33. So I was in the red for like a few days and I'm looking at it every day and I'm just like, fuck, man, I overpaid for it. But when you're when you're playing these stocks for a long-term gain, you can't really worry about what it does daily. It's it's a long, it's a it's a marathon, not a sprint. And I'm gonna tell you why, like what ended up happening with pub. It's like eventually it started to go back up. Now for a week or two, it was down. It was in the $28 range. I'm looking at it every day, just pissed like, oh, dang. If I would have did this, I would have got it cheaper or whatever. But there are some stocks that I've caught while they were low and they end up going up. So it's you're going to win some, you're going to lose some. But what happened with Pub is, like I said, eventually it went back up. So today, Pub closed at uh, $30, $33. And 84 cents. So I'm I'm already back up. So yeah, me stressing last a couple weeks ago about being down five dollars. Now I'm up. And it's I feel like it will go up again and more and more. So that's why you can't really stress like the one day if you see your stock down because you didn't get it at the price you probably could have gotten it at, but it will eventually get back to that price. So that's one thing to know about setting limits. And for the most part, my limits have worked. I have gotten all these stocks lower than what they ended up going. So I do still believe in the limit, but there are some stocks like if you're unsure of a stock or you, you feel like it's fluctuating too much, wait it out during the day, look at it in the morning, look at the afternoon, see what it closes at. And a perfect example is there's one called BIP. Now this is what I'm really into. It's called Brookfield Infrastructure um, LP. This one's like an oil oil stock uh and then i'm sorry i didn't tell you about pub pubmatic is an advertising stock and a firm i forgot what they are but you can research all these like i said i'm giving you the ticker so you can just put those in the google but bip was one i've been wanting for a while because like last week i read an article and they were saying this is one you need to go in on so bip was high like in the last couple weeks it was like 50, 56, 57, 58 dollars. And I was just looking at it, looking at it. So this week I kind of decided I wanted a BIP. I'm like, I gotta get some shares of BIP. Initially, I'm like, I'm gonna get four shares of BIP. BIP was at I no, I told myself I'm only paying 55. That was my limit for BIP. I didn't want to overspend just because I need the stock. I feel like I'm gonna wait for it to come to my number. So that's another thing. You got to be patient with this stuff. So BIP, I wanted to spend $55 per share, which would be uh, 300 and what was that? My math is bad right now. $330. So I told myself I'm only spending $55. BIP to start the week was still in the like 57, 58 range, but it would go up and down during the day. And I'm like thinking, Monday, I'm like, all right, I might be able to catch it. Couldn't get it. But you know what? I didn't freak out. I said, I'll wait. Tuesday, I thought I could catch it. 
had my limit set every night. I'm setting it for 55. And it would dip. And I'm like, damn it, I can't get it. So yesterday, VIP ends the day at $55. And I believe it was like 20 cents, 13 cents. So I'm like, I'm going to get it today in the morning. There's no way I'm not going to get it. It's going to dip because every, like I told you, every morning these stocks dip around like 10 p.m., 10 a.m., I'm sorry. So I'm like, I set my thing. I like, I'm going to wake up. I already know when I wake up, I'm going to have VIP stock. So I wake up this morning. I look at my phone. I don't see no notification for VIP. I'm like, why didn't I get VIP? So now I Google the stock to see what it's doing. And it's still around like that 55 13 range and i'm like fuck man i gotta get this stock so now i'm kind of getting antsy because i want it so bad at this point so then i just i hold out i'm like i'm leaving it at 55 i'm not messing with it even i probably could have went up to like 55 25 and gotten it easily but i waited out so then around like 1 p.m i see bip at like 55 dollars and six cents and i'm like oh i'm about to get it any minute now and I just sit down. I got my phone with me. I'm waiting to hear the little beep beep, like little, because it gives you like a little text notification. And that's when you know, like you get the, your thing bought for whatever. So then I'm looking, I'm watching TV, I'm eating, and I never get the, I never get the little beep beep. So then finally, I'm like, man, I might have to wait another day to get BIP. Like it's creeping down to 55, but it's taking a while. So I just like kind of give up on the day. Like I'm probably not going to get BIP today, but I'll come back again and I'll fight tomorrow. I kid you not, at like 4 p.m., right when it closes, I get the little notification, beep, 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 and I look, and it says I got six shares of BIP because initially I was going to do four shares of BIP, but there was another stock I was looking at called Path, which I only I already owned two shares of Path, and I bought two shares for $67, and Path was dropping. It was like down to 60, $68. And me being hard-headed, I'm like, I'm not paying 68. I'm going to try to get two more shares for 67. So I tried to get the two for 67, and then PATH started going up today. And it ended the day at $74.03. So I said, all right, let me take the money I was going to use for PATH and put it towards BIP. Because I actually believe more in BIP long-term. Long so let me get six shares instead of four. So like I said, I get the beat at like 4 p.m. It was like a buzzer beater, man. I was like so happy that made my day to get that stock right when it closed because now I can sleep peacefully tonight and not have to, like, stress out on if I'm going to get this stock tomorrow. Like, I have it secured. I'm happy. Now, there's another stock I want to get tomorrow. FBP, it's a bank one, but they pay dividends, which that's another thing we got to get into. Maybe I'll wait. No, I'm going to do that tonight. Like, we're already over 45 minutes. I don't. I'm hoping I'm not boring people with the stock talk, but I want to, like, empower everybody. I want everybody to get the knowledge so we can all get this money together because this is free money. Like this is the this is the definition of making your money, letting your money work for you instead of working for your money. You just buy something and these companies do what they do and the money builds. And that's why what I said earlier, like we got to get to this white money. Like we can't we can't just focus on the black money. And I do want to invest in some black stocks. And my cousin gave me a list of some earlier, like in a few months ago. So I got to look up those again and see if I want to like put some money into those. But I do think we need to get some money into the black stocks too. But these, these white stocks, these companies, like their money is going to go up whether we do it or not. So let's, let's get the money too, man. Damn, I'm probably not even going to get to a lot of topics tonight because I'm still on the stocks, but whatever. I got to keep this one short too, and I'm not going to edit. So if I make mistakes in here, you'll just hear them. 
uh, what was I talking about after that? Oh, I see. I got the BIP. I got, oh, I'm trying to get FBP tomorrow and that's a dividend stock. So the thing about dividend stocks is they pay money. So in addition to you owning the stock, whether it goes up or down, they pay money each quarter. So there's four quarters in a year. And depending on how these companies do, they pay you money for owning the stock. So per share, you can get money per share. So case in point, I bought a stock this week called NLY. Now, this is one you really want to write down. NLY is a good one because uh, they're a management. They're called Annually Capital Management. But the thing about NLY that I like is they're, they're a pretty inexpensive stock. So I got them. I got 20 shares this this uh, beginning of the week for $9.40. They're already up to $9.51, but that's not even like that's not even a big deal. Like whatever. This stock probably won't go up a whole lot over the time you earn it, but this is why it's a good stock to have. This stock has probably the highest percentage of dividend. They're at like 9% of dividend that they pay out. So what that means is for like Every share of NLY that you own, you're getting about 80, 90 cents every year based on just the share. So for $9.40, I'm going to get almost a dollar each year per share. So that's about 20, 18, $20 I'll probably end up getting next year just for owning the stock. And then whatever the stock does, you got that money in it too. So if it goes up, that's beneficial too, but these dividend stocks are good to have because this is residual income. This is like free money that you will get that you can use to reinvest into other stocks. You can just use it to cash it out. Now you do, I believe you do have to pay taxes on this. I'm still learning out the particulars of dividends. I know um, with my credit card, I get dividends. That money is not taxed because that is money that is earned from me spending. But I, I'm not sure about how it works for dividends. I heard in Florida it might be different. So when I get a better understanding of how the stock dividends work tax wise, I will get back to you guys on that. But one thing I would say for you guys to look at, um, because I, I don't want to spend too much more time on the stocks. I'll tell you all the ones I own, but I want you guys to like research them on your own. But I want to tell you how to research them. So what I do is I like to take the ticker symbol. So take NLY, for example, I'll Google. NLY stock. And then, like I told you earlier, I like to see like what it started at, what the day's range was, what its overall range since the company began was. And that kind of gives me an idea of how much money I want to bid or what limit I want to put when I try to buy the stock. But also with the dividend ones, and this is something I'm learning now, the best way to find out about how much dividends these stocks pay is you can also Google NLY and then instead of putting NLY stock, put NLY dividend history. So when that comes up, and this is, I go straight to uh, one, one site, NASDAQ.com. I always click on whatever NASDAQ.com's dividend history is for that stock because I feel like they give the best breakdown. You go to the NASDAQ one, and it'll tell you like how long this stock has been paying dividends, how much dividends was paid each time, each quarter, each year. You can see if it's, if it started with high dividends and then the dividends have started to drop. And that's very important because sometimes you'll think the stock pays high dividends, but it did in the beginning. And then now they don't because maybe they're not doing good. Case in point, Disney. 
Disney stock is a really good stock to own. I actually don't have it yet, but I plan on buying a share of Disney because a lot of people, a lot of these, these sites I read and stuff say Disney will probably triple in the next five years. So Disney's probably a stock you want to look into, but Disney used to pay dividends. And I guess when the pandemic happened, they paused the dividend payment. So right now Disney's not doing dividends. So you want, that's a good thing to know if you're buying a stock and you're thinking you're going to get dividends. So always look at the dividend history. And I like, like I said, I like the NASDAQ one because they give the full breakdown. You can see uh, what it is like NLY. I think they started low on dividends and now they're getting higher and maybe not, maybe they've been the whole way, but there are some that started low and now their dividends are higher. There's some have given like lump sum. There was one I bought, I forgot which one it was, but they gave like a $4 and something dividend plus the the quarterly one so that i'm like yo and that was a more expensive stock that was either ohi omf or oke those are all dividend stocks too so write those down if you're interested in dividend stocks ohi omf and oke all great dividend stocks they cost a little bit more than nly but they pay more money in dividend it's not the same percentage as NLY is 9%, but it's like a 5 6 7%, so it's still a good amount. And those stocks probably will go up. So those are good ones to have long-term. Uh, so I've told you guys about AFRM already, NLY, BIP. Another one I have that I'm really excited about is CHK. That's Chesapeake Energy Company. I like them because they, at their height, were in the thousands per share. They've dropped, they went bankrupt, they've been dealing with some stuff, so they had to like start over, and they started at like, I forgot what it was, like maybe $12, it was something low. I got them at $50 a share a few weeks ago. Since I've done that, they've already gone up $5, so it's up to $55.58 a share. I got six shares of that. I feel like that one is going to go up a lot. That's, that's one I'm, be- I'm just banking on doing really good over time. Another one I really like is uh, Mile, M-I-L-E. It's called Metro Mile Inc. is the company. Uh, I bought Mile. What did I buy Mile at? I bought Mile at $7. Mile is already up to $10.39 a share. So that's another one that I caught low. Because that's another thing about stocks. You don't want to always ride the wave. Like you want to try to catch these stocks when they're low, when they're like down and out or they're going through some things and you believe the company can rebound. You want to catch them then. Uh, Another one I caught low, and this is one I'm really excited about. Plug, P-L-U-G. I've talked to some of my friends. They have plug stock. Uh, Some of them sold it kind of early. I would have held on. I knew somebody who had plug at $10 a share. I bought plug at $24 a share. It's now up to $31.49 per share in a month. So that's one I that is moving. I told you about uh PUBM already and my whole fiasco with that one. Now I am I bought some weed stocks and I don't even smoke, so I don't know why I'm buying weed stocks. I'm thinking weed is the, the next wave in this country. So I bought some weed stocks, and I'm thinking weed stocks might be the the way to go. But right now, weed stocks are not really doing much. So maybe it is time to catch them on the low and see what they do. 
I went wild on this one. There's one called Pura. P-U-R-A. Now, this is why it's good to have Schwab. Pura, you can't get on Robinhood. I don't know why Robinhood, for some reason, there's certain stocks that they just don't have. So you can't get Pura on Robinhood, but Schwab has it. And Schwab has a lot of stocks that Robinhood doesn't. And another reason I like um, Schwab over Robinhood is Robinhood will let you do like half shares and percentages of shares. I don't like that. I want to own like the full stock straight up, like the share, one share of a stock. I don't want to own like 25% of a share. I, I just, you know, I don't know. I'm not comfortable not owning a full share. So Schwab doesn't let you do that. Schwab makes you buy the whole share. I like that. Uh, probably gonna, you probably have a little more money to do Schwab because Robinhood, you can get in, you know, at any price for any stock because you can buy percentages of shares. So I like Schwab, like I said, because they got certain stocks that Robinhood doesn't. They also have ETFs, which is a whole nother ball game. ETFs are called exchange traded funds. And the thing about ETFs is they also pay dividends. And ETFs can go up in price over the years too, but they're just a more safer bet than a, a, a regular stock. Like ETFs usually don't crash like stocks because ETFs are tied to so much different things. They're not just tied to stocks. They're tied to bonds, uh, stocks, uh, uh, mutual funds, I think. Uh, I don't know about mutual funds. They're tied to a whole bunch of different things though. So it's just a safer bet and you're going to get dividends. So the two ETFs I bought were IDV. That's IDV, iShares International, and uh, VYMI. Vanguard International something. I can't read the rest, but I like those two for ETFs. There's a whole bunch. You can also Google like the top ETFs, uh, the top stocks. Like there's just so many different things you can look at. And that's kind of what I like to do on my free time and why I'm not been podding because I'm I'm always researching these stocks and trying to find the next one. Like I had to do some deep, deep digging for pub. Or plug, I mean, plug. I had to do some uh, pub too. I did some dig, dig digging for that one. Miles, another one I had to search hard, high and wide for. And it takes some searching. I mean, it's going to take some time. You're not just going to stumble on stocks. I mean, you might find a few that people are talking about, but the ones that really have potential to slow growth, you probably got to do some research. And one site I will tell you guys to go to is um, the Motley Fool. It's fool.com. F O L L fool.com F O O L their site to me is one of the best just because they've been in the stock game for so long and they'll tell you, they show you like their success on uh, the percentage of right. They've been and I trust them. And then when you read their articles, it kind of makes, they break it down in a way it's digestible. So what I like to do is if there's a stock I'm thinking about, after I look at the history of it, I'll go on uh, Motley Fool's website, fool.com, and I'll type the ticker symbol in to their search on their site. And then what that will do is show me articles they've written about that stock. And I'll get like their opinion on what they think. Um, and normally, they don't steer you wrong. There was one they told me to buy called uh, Trade Desk, The Trade Desk, TTD. It's a pricey stock. It... It was uh, at one point over $900 this year. I got it for $498 when it was down. It's already up. Um, it's already up to $590. I bought two shares of that one because I don't have money to just 
buy a lot. Now, if I could buy more in Trade Desk, I would have, but I did what I could. But Motley Fool gave me the the drop on that one. So, like, like I said, Motley Fool's just a great site for information, man. If you want to learn about like stocks, and you could read articles. And uh, Nasdaq, like I said, Nasdaq.com, they have good articles about stocks. So I trust them. And uh, Yahoo Finance. Those are probably the three that I like to read about. Nerd Wallet is a good one, too. Uh, that, they charge for some of their stuff. Motley Fool charges for some stuff, too. But you can catch the free articles. You can get some good information. I actually paid for the Motley Fool membership, the one-year one, just because I wanted the inside information. And it helped for the trade desk one. So sometimes it's good to pay, but... There's a lot of free uh, information about these stocks. And people write articles every single day about stocks. So they'll tell you what new stocks are coming out and what to look for. And it's just so much information. I'm just trying to give you guys a little bit of what I know. I will tell you um, one stock to be on the lookout for. It has not gone public yet. But when it does, it is going to shake up some things. So there is a stock called Databricks. Databricks. It's going public at some point this year, still haven't announced the date. When that stock drops, you guys better be in line like you are waiting on some freaking Jordans or an iPhone. I'm telling you now, you're going to want to own some Databricks. So I got money put aside for that one whenever it drops. If I hear a date, I'll let you know. Um, Back to what I was talking about with these stocks. So Pura, like I said, was the weed stock. Pura is like one of those, they call it a penny stock because it's really cheap. So it was selling for like 0.02. So I just was like, fuck it. I went in. I, like the way y'all do with the crypto, I, I did that with Pura. I bought 4,450 shares of Pura for uh, $80, I believe, and some change. But no, 80 flat. $80 flat, I bought all those shares. So I don't know if Pura will ever do anything. But if Pura ever moves, if Pura even gets to a dollar, bro, I'm, I might have to cash out. Like... If Pura moves, bro, I'm freaking out of here. I'm, I'm quitting my job. So that's one of those. I call that a YOLO stock because you could just throw a little bit of money at it and just see what it does. If I mean, even if it doesn't do anything, it's only $80. Like you didn't lose too much. But you don't want to get too caught up in just fucking with penny stocks and putting all your money in penny stocks because penny stocks don't really guarantee that they're like there's just a lower rate of success with the penny stocks. So. The stocks I mentioned, they they do cost more than these penny stocks, but they are stocks that will most likely go up over time. And I think at the very least, they'll at least double. I don't say double. You'll at least break even, maybe double, maybe triple your money. So I like stocks like that. So another one I bought was TCNNF. Shout out to all my uh, weed smokers out there. <laughs> This one's True Leave. It's a cannabis com- company. And True Leave right now ain't doing shit for me. I bought it for $39 a share. It's down to $38. <laughs> like, True Leave is actually at $38.08. So I've lost money on True Leave. I only bought two shares of it. But the thing I like about True Leave is for the medical marijuana, like, they control most of Florida and they're about to move into Arizona. And I know True Leave is real because, like, when I drive, we have a true leave here in Titusville. I've seen a true leave in Merritt Island. There's true leave in Orlando. Like true leave, if they got businesses, they got them brick and mortar. So they're out there. And I heard, you know, from some of my weed smokers that they, that y'all don't like the medical stuff because it's not as strong as the stuff your, your boy sells you. So maybe that might be the one thing that works against them. But 
I have faith in True Leave eventually going up. Like I told you, I had Pubmatic for like a week doing nothing, and then it starts going up. So I'm not tripping on True Leave, not doing anything right now and being low. Um, another stock I have is called P-A-T-H. It's called uh, UI Path Inc. I forgot what they do, but they were on one of the high recommendations. I bought them for $67, and I told you I tried to get two more shares, but it went back up. So Path right now is at $74.03. But the thing with Path is, man, a month ago it was in like the 80s, and it dropped a little bit. So the stocks is a roller coaster, right? You just got to hang in there. I think Path will eventually, that thing might double. I, I have high hopes for Path. Uh, another one I have is VRNOF, Verano Holdings Corporation. This is another weed stock. Bought it at like $19 a share. It's not really. Wait, did I make money on Verano? No, I'm down. Actually, I bought Verano at 20 Or no, I got a $19.92 a share. But they're down right now. They're down in the uh, 18, 18 range. So I'm, I'm down on Verano right now, too. They're not doing that well. But what I like about them is they're a Canadian uh, weed company, marijuana company. So. There's just a lot of, uh, there is a lot of, I guess, you got you got a chance for them to, to do some stuff just because it's Canada. I don't know. They might have different rules over there. So I have some, there's some potential there with Verano. I'm going to, I'm holding them. Another one I bought, AUY. This is a gold company. People say gold is going to do some things at some point. I got it for like $5 and uh, 20, 20 cents a share. It's not up much right now. It's up to like 521. But I think gold is one that's a long-term play. I think gold, silver, copper, miner, whatever. All that like weird like metals, like that stuff's probably going to be worth more years from now. So those are ones you want to be patient with. I didn't spend a lot on that one either. So I'll see what it does. Uh, the last stock on my list that I own is called ZH. This is an Asian stock. I don't even want to say what. I don't know what it is, if it's Chinese or Japanese. or I don't want to say, I'm just going to say Asian stock because I don't want to be politically incorrect. You already, they, they already got John Cena, try to get him up out of here for that, which I, I, I felt for John Cena because John Cena loves Asian people. Like, John Cena's trying to learn Mandarin. Like, John Cena, bro, he's, he's, he's of the culture. John Cena really is of, loves Asian culture. I heard he's a big BTS fan too, so I didn't like how they came for him, but this ZH stock bought it at uh, $7.80 a share. This is one of the early stocks I bought. This might have been the first one I bought. It's it's up to $10.10 a share. So I bought like 30 shares of ZH because I was just like, yo, it's cheap. The cheap ones I'll usually buy more shares of just because if they ever go up, you're going to make more money. So the, the ones that cost more, I'll buy a few shares here and there just because it's just expensive to buy a lot of shares. So. ZH is one I think long-term is going to be a good stock. Google that one. Google ZH, Google Mile. Like all the ones I've mentioned, you can Google. But I don't want to talk anymore about stocks today because I've already done like 30 minutes of it. And I don't know if this stuff is boring or not. I hope, I hope you guys are learning a little bit. And kind of my, my way of doing things, my trends, how I'm approaching it, how I want to attack it. So... Let me know if you guys enjoy the stock tips. I'll give more out as I go along. I'll kind of tell you more stuff that I'm learning, but 
that was kind of the basics right there. I'm not even going to be able to get to a lot more topics today. So the last two things I'll just talk about is um, I was on vacation the last week. I had five days off. I, I thought I was going to stay home and kind of rest. And I probably spent two days at home out of the five. It just seemed like everybody's birthday was last week. So I went out for like three birthdays, man. Went out for uh, my boy Mike's birthday. I went out for Larry's birthday. Went out for my cousin Kenya's birthday. Happy birthday to all of you guys. <laughs> Happy birthday to Donnie too. It's Donnie's birthday, but he didn't do anything. But I ended up seeing him at some point last weekend. But yeah, I went out with my boy, uh, I went out with my cousin Kenya to some spot called, uh, I think it was like Thursday Vibe Orlando on the west side. It's a place called Dreams. It was actually pretty cool. Like they had this live music. They got an MC. There's tables. You sit down. It's pretty elegant. And the food was really good. They have wings. And the wings are freaking amazing. Like they have these, these honey wings that taste like the wings at Bethune Grill, which if you've ever been to Bethune Grill in Daytona, those are some of the best wings in Florida. So I really liked Thursday night vibe just for the wings. Like I might go back just for the food. I want to try their lemon pepper wings now. Um, they had a DJ there playing music. So they do live music till like midnight. And then after that, it turns into like a little club, but nice little vibe. It's the black crowd, uh, older black crowd. So it's a little more mature. Security's good. Metal detector, arm security, like they ready for whatever. So, you know, you feel safe in there. I'll, I'll give them that. It's not like downtown where it can always pop off. I, I felt a little more, you know, and I get anxiety when I grow when I go out. So I like being at these places where I feel safe because let me tell you, we went downtown for Larry's birthday on Saturday. No, on Friday night, we went downtown for Larry's birthday. Um, It was me. It was Larry. It was Damien. Uh, Janine, Chris, John. Happy birthday to John, too. It was his birthday last week. Desiree was out there. Uh, I think that was it. If I'm missing anybody, I apologize now. But, yeah, we went downtown. Oh, saw my boy Jared, single single R. He was out there. So we went downtown, and uh, we hit up, like, two bars. And honestly, the two bars we went to were kind of dead. It was kind of weird. Because when I went downtown before, it was kind of popping, so... These bars were kind of dead. But I mean, I was there for the birthday. So when it's somebody's birthday, I'm going to go with whatever they want to do. So Larry's birthday was cool. Afterwards, we're chilling at the let out, which is already, you already know I'm uncomfortable. I don't like the let out anymore. I feel like I'm outgrown the let out. When the club is over, I just want to go home. So we're chilling at the let out. And then I'm like the only sober one. Everybody's drunk. So I feel like I'm already I'm already in like protective mode. I'm looking at all my friends, trying to make sure everybody's straight. Nobody, nothing happens to nobody. So I feel like I can't leave because everybody's you know nobody's in like a good mind state. So I don't want nothing to happen. And then I tell Larry I'll give him a ride home. So I really can't leave. So I'm just sitting there waiting. And then apparently Chris is drunk as fuck, man. I didn't see it happen, but they told me that Chris started. He went over to some street dudes and tried to joke with him. And if there's one thing you don't want to do with street dudes is try to joke with them if you don't know them. It will never end well. So, uh, shout out to Jackie. I forgot Jackie was there. She, she, Jackie pulls Chris away. And she's just like, yo, this Chris Chris is freaking crazy. He's trying to talk to these street dudes. trying to joke. They're going to kill us. Like, 
these are shooters. And I'm just like, wait, what? <laughs> After that, I said, wait, hold on, excuse me. So now I look over and they, they did look like street dudes. You know, I don't, I don't want to, um, what is, what's the word? What's the word that the, that they do to us? Uh, I don't want to just assume, but, uh, I, I mean, my track record is pretty good. So I looked at him and I was like, you know what? Yeah, they look like they probably are not going to enjoy Chris joking with him, at least at the very least. So after that, I'm just like, all right, we, we probably got to make a move, get out of here. So I finally convinced everybody, let's start walking towards the cars. And we, we finally get out. We get out of downtown. And then they're like, uh, so Jackie was actually, she was, she was not, she was not one of the like drunk punks. So she was like, I'm going to take everybody home. And I'm like, all right. So Chris, I mean, Larry said he'll ride with them. And I'm just like, all right, all right good. I, I was going to meet them back at the apartment because apparently they're still chilling there. But I drove there and I guess I beat them there. And I was, it, I was tired. So after that, I said, I'm going home. So I just left. I went home. I think I saw him pull up on my way out, but I didn't even, I was so tired. So I went home. I was just happy to make it home safely, but I say all that to say, I think I'm done, bro. Like, I don't really, like, if I told you when I go downtown, I want to get out early. Like, I don't want to do the politicking afterwards. I don't want to socialize. Like, 145 is usually my time to dip, but I felt like I had to be the protector. And that's why I don't like going downtown anymore, because I always feel like I got to be a protector. I got to be the one to watch the surroundings, because nobody else is in their right mind state, so. I felt like we might have dodged the bullet. I don't know how how bad it was with the street dudes, but I'm just glad we we all got out and got home safe. And I'm not gonna play with fire no more. I'm out early next time. I'm not. I don't need to let out. I, I, I'm over that, man. I'm too. You know, I'm grown, man. I don't need to let out anymore. Um, I said rest in peace, shock G. On the last episode, the cause of death was finally revealed. They say he overdosed over uh, an overdose of fentanyl. Alcohol and uh, methamphetamine. I don't know what fentanyl is. I had to ask one of my friends. And he, he said, shout, um, shout to him. He told me, I guess they lace cocaine with it for it to be more potent. But I don't know if shot G, it sounded like he might have just did it straight up. I don't know. But I do know fentanyl has taken way too many people. Like Mac Miller, rest in peace, like when he died, they said his, he had cocaine laced with fentanyl. So I'm just sad to see like, drugs doing this to everybody and like taking so many lives man and it's why i kind of you know when i see my friends doing drugs i'm just like man like, i talk to everybody like hey you know is this, is this a problem and like i just hate to see it because it's not like i'm trying to be judgmental but it's more like yo i've seen what it's done to like other people i've seen what it did to like my favorite rapper man so i don't want to ever see my friends die from something like this because you might think you might think you're you're doing something and it's and it's pure, but it's not. It's laced with something. You might think you're smoking some weed and it's laced with this K2. Like there's just so many different things. So I'm not gonna tell people what to do with their life. You know, if you do drugs, just be careful. That's all I'm gonna say. Like, just be careful. Um try to try to, I guess, focus, not focus, but just try to be aware of your surroundings and who you're dealing with. Cause I'm, I'm past the point of trying to tell people don't do drugs. Like we're all grown. People are going to do what they want to do at this point. So all I can say is be careful. That's all I can say. And I pray for everybody every night. I'm always praying. I keep everybody in my prayers. Why do I lie? I don't pray every night, but I do pray 
I do pray. I just don't pray every night. I got to start doing it every night. I'm very bad at that. But I keep y'all in my prayers whenever I do pray. Speaking of prayers, what's up with all the deaths in hip-hop right now? The hip-hop-related deaths. So, I don't know if you guys heard, uh, Lil Durk's brother, D-Thang, was murdered last week. And a lot of people think it's because Lil Durk is doing music and he's basically still talking about dead rappers and saying a lot of disrespectful things about dead rappers, which I don't understand why that's a thing nowadays. Like, all these rappers... They're dissing the dead rappers now. They're their ops, which is short for opposition. But the people they beef with, even when they die, they still diss them. And I feel like that's leading to a lot of these shootings and a lot of these deaths. And it's just a cycle and it's never going to break. And it's just so disheartening. I'm so sad to see it because it's just we should be above that. And I heard some commentary on the little Dirk thing and they made a great point. They're like, when you're a millionaire and you're making millions and millions of dollars, you're doing an album, a little baby. You should be above dissing dead rappers. Like, you out of all people should not be doing that. Just because you have too much money, you have too much to lose at this point, you know? And I know it's a pride thing with all these rappers. Like, rap is one of those things where nobody wants to look like a punk. So, it's probably a pride thing. But, bro, you got to be the bigger man. You got to walk away. I don't I don't agree with Lil Durk dissing. Especially, like, the disses that he's doing lately with uh, dissing FBG Duck. I, I never liked that. I didn't like when FBG Duck did disses. Of the dead people. Like, both of them I thought were distasteful. I thought FBG Duck, though, made some really good music. Like, outside of the dissing stuff. If you listen to some of his music, he was a very talented guy. And it's like, I wish these rappers would know. Like, you don't have to just diss dead people. Like, you can make music without doing that and make good music still. And Duck has some songs like that. He has a song called Chicago Legends, which I thought is just a great concept record. Where he talks about, like, the legendary people in Chicago rappers and uh, people who are affiliated with hip-hop in Chicago who died young. And the thing about that song that I like is he talks about everybody on his side because these are all, like, gang wars and stuff. But he also talks about his ops. Like, he he gives respect to the people that were on the other side, um, like Fredo Santana and some of those people. And I thought that was a cool record, and I wish we had more stuff like that in hip-hop and that these kids know, like, it's not about just dissing, so... Even Dirk, like Dirk makes music I like. I don't really care too much for the auto-tune stuff he's been doing lately, but I liked his earlier stuff. And if you're going to diss, just you don't have to say names. Maybe that's the thing. Like, I think when you say somebody's name, it just makes it even worse, and that's when people want retaliation. So I don't know if that's why Dirk's brother was killed, but I just think we have to put an end to this. Uh, we got the little kids now doing the, the who I smoke thing, which I think is that's one of the worst ideas ever it's one of the uh trends i hope fades fast it's this thing where they all are saying they're smoking on the uh, dead person's ashes and i just man that thing's that that is one I can, i'm never gonna be able to get down with like they remade the vanessa carlton song uh making my way downtown like you know that song they made that remade that with uh who i smoke and it's just the most disrespectful thing ever and it's these kids out of jacksonville man I forgot their names, but Jacksonville, from what I heard, is like a war zone right now. They say Jacksonville's like Chicago right now. So all my people in Jacksonville, be safe out there because I heard they wild in Jacksonville. Uh, we ha- we also had a shooting with involving the baby's entourage. Uh, I guess a rapper that was affiliated to him was arrested for shooting somebody in, on South Beach in front of Prime 112. 
That's how crazy it's getting. They're shooting in front of Prime 112 now. Pooh Shiesty uh, was arrested for shooting a bodyguard, allegedly, in front of King of Diamonds. Uh, I guess the, uh, let me also say the little baby, the dub baby one was allegedly, got put allegedly in front of everything now. But the Pooh Shiesty allegedly shot a bodyguard at King of Diamonds. There was a mass shooting in Miami couple weeks ago at a banquet hall they said that might be a hip-hop related gang related beef um three people died i believe in that one i don't know what's going on with hip-hop i don't know what's going on with florida in general like jacksonville's wild miami is just out of control right now too lately with these shootings chicago's always been wild all i could do is just pray all i could do is pray and i just kind of wonder what we have to do to change the tide in hip-hop and get it more uh, less killing and more positive stuff going on. And I was listening to an interview with Cujo Goody on Beehive's radio show. And Cujo made a great point, man. Cujo said the reason that there's so much violence and killing in rap right now is because basically the street dudes are, are rapping now. Whereas before, the street dudes kind of just sat back and played they, they part. They would probably give money to the rappers and fund them and the rap dudes were rapping about the street dudes' lives. Like, there were some street rappers, but it was, it was a lot of them wasn't really about that life. Whereas now it seems like they're all about that life. So now it's all street dudes and rap. And now you just, there's just so much killing that's coming along with it and just so much disregard for human life. And when, I, when you hear the thing I play earlier, uh, the Wolves thing, it kind of ties into that too, where it's like, man, the white people that hate black people or hate hip hop, the ones that hate all of us, like they're just probably sitting back right now and just enjoying it. Cause we're, we're killing ourselves. They don't even have to do it. Like the KKK has their feet up at a desk right now. Cause we're doing all the killing and destroying our own community. And it's like, it's just sad because we fought so much. Like we built up our own communities with Greenwood and stuff like that. And now we're just destroying our own communities. Greenwood was destroyed by white people and now we are doing all the destroying ourselves and i know it can all go back to history and drugs and, and gangs and stuff and who who started all that and do we blame the black people for what was institutionalized or what was ingrained in us you know there's so much discussion that we can have on this but it just bothers me that the direction we're heading in so I'm even trying to do a better job of like the music I listen to, the spaces I put myself in mentally. I'm trying to like, you know, listen to more positive stuff. I mean, I like the ratchet stuff too, but you can mix some ratchet with some positive. And I think I'm not the problem. I don't think people my age are the problem because I think we understand that we can listen to the music and we're not motivated to do anything. I think kids, when they listen to it, it kind of influences them to do this stuff. So I'm more worried about the kids than I am adults like myself. So one of the things I'm doing now is, especially on this podcast, I've always done it. I like to play a lot of music that you don't know about. I like to play artists that you're unfamiliar with and kind of put you on to their music. And with that being said, at some point I'm going to do, I'm going to do a homeboy Sandman appreciation, appreciation day. Cause homeboy Sandman to me is one of the best rappers on this planet. I'm talking about bars. I'm talking about concepts. I'm talking about beats, rhymes, all of that. He is one of the best rappers on this planet. 
and he does not get his props. He doesn't get his props, and I'm going to do an appreciation for him one day because I feel like I want to introduce him to some more people. I've sent some of his videos to my friends. I don't know if you guys are watching the stuff I sent, but if you got some time, you can even Google Homeboy Sandman or YouTube, search it, and watch some of his videos, listen to his music. He has some really good stuff. I'm going to play a song. I'll play a song from him on here. This is off this uh, the Peter Rosenberg Real Late album. Shout out to Peter Rosenberg, man. If you know me, you know I rock with Rosenberg heavy. I love the, his wrestling uh, commentary, so I listen to his podcast, Cheap Heat, Juan Epstein. Like, he has some good content, so I always enjoy listening to um, the Peter Rosenberg. He dropped an album. He dropped an album called Real Late. And if you are a fan of, like, old-school hip-hop, New York, boom, bap, like, this is an album you're going to want to cop. You might, if you got the streaming service, you can stream it. But this is a really, really good album. And before I before I get off today, um, this podcast, I want to play a few songs off this album. So I'll play. I'll start by playing a song because he has Homeboy Sandman on it. I think that's what caught my attention about this album. Because I knew he had like he has like songs with Method Man. I'll probably play that to end the show. He has songs with Styles P, uh, Ransom, West Side Gun. Uh, he's a, a woman named Vel the Wonder who opens up the album. She's pretty incredible. Ghostface Killers on here. Mayhem Loren. Uh, second generation of Wu Tang. But that Home Man Sandman song is really good. Oh, he also has Rock Marciano on here. Flea Ward, Flea Lord. It's a lot of he. The thing I like about this album is he got all the like underground rappers and you know some that we know like Wu Tang and all them. But he put them on some different production than they normally would be on with different producers. And it came out really, really good. So I'm going to be jamming this. I'm going to be jamming this all weekend. And uh, I bought a whole lot of Homeboy Sandman's older stuff. I already had like a few of his albums, but I bought some more. So let me let me play y'all a little bit of Homeboy Sandman. Um, this song right here is called Deer. This is off the Peter Rosenberg Real Late album. All right, I feel what you're saying. That's why I'm here. I am asking how y'all did What my idea Whatever happened to the things that something happened So lately I've been crawling back from slipping through a crack or two I gotta keep it factual, I put on the act or two Listening to all of that, they're all gonna laugh at you Once or twice you might have caught me fighting after school I was prepared but I was scared, I was just acting cold I ain't never gotten pummeled, and to this day I don't want any trouble. I much prefer to take a break than break a knuckle. Is every human being built for being in a couple? Hmm, maybe not, maybe so. Or maybe it's based on if you trying to have a baby, which I'm too lazy for. Some people say I regret that decision when I'm 84. Yo, hey, what are you waiting for? Find yourself a lady, bro, like I ain't been looking. I've been turned over every stone in the borough of Brooklyn and Manhattan and Queens. Yo, I didn't even scope the scene overseas. Then scoured every main street from my main squeeze. And I ain't got any strategy for the things that I do. Don't be mad at me for not thinking like yo. I feel the energy. I'm hip to all the Kool-Aid drinking. How independent thinking is the enemy. You should get this certain. These are our laws. We don't like this person. This is our cause. 
yawn, moving on. I grew up watching movies where they call folks that look like me Mulan. No one told me that was wrong. They just love their main characters. So I'm trying to wake folks up like barristers. They embarrassed us. And then you had the garbage from the epics and the RCAs and Aristas. Back then I was unaware that they're all the same thing. But seeing spades and calling them spades is what I say and say. That's why I'm here. Never die, I'm asking how y'all did. It wasn't my idea. Dead. Uh, what I'm going to say could sound startlingly offensive, or you could be like, no, no, I, I see what you're saying. <laughs> Is there another world in which a few things go differently and you are just a rambling crazy man on the street? It might be this world. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That was a uh, homeboy Sandman. Deer off the real late album by Peter Rosenberg. I'm going to play one more song before I close it up in uh, in this episode. I really like this song. I had never heard of these guys before. This song right here is called Mind Over Matter. This is by Jay Nice in Edo. Spark the spirits. A lot been going on this year, man. It's been pretty wild. Came through to drop a quick jewel on you real quick. Uh. Hey, yo. In a world full of wind thorps and Billy Rays, I wouldn't trade places with anybody. I'm really paid. An album called Classic hit a million plays yesterday. I'm feeling great. I'm building a brilliant base to kill the game. But the game ain't the same. Things done changed. Biggie Smalls was a prophet. Niggas lost and the object is this dumb fame. The mystery is gone. No love for history. Trickery was born. It really ain't no honest victories no more. COVID killed the possibilities of tours. It's a shame for the fans. All these new artists, they won't get to see perform. Wearing masks the norm and everybody wanna be mock i'm back with the storm i'm finna rain off of these drops the black cc top the way he rock beat the block with the underhanded late to the rim that 23 shot is flare jordan so you won't catch me in no rebox i'm at the weed spot blowing steam like a teapot dog it's prime over chatter and mind over matter i brain slowing down as the time going faster hey they a new tragedy the pain won't numb i keep cooking like sam cause the change gonna come i said it's Grind over chatter and mind over matter Our brain's slowing down as the time going faster Every day a new tragedy, the pain won't know I keep cooking like Sam cause it's changed Man, the game's so dumbed down, they just aim those guns So much rain, it start to feel like it ain't no sun I still call my dog son cause he shine like one Shedding tears in the dark until the limelight come I'm trying to figure shit out but it ain't clear It's plain weird, man, how we lose Kobe and gain COVID in the same year I'm Seeing grays in my beard, thoughts in my brain scared that one day I'ma go crazy and let that flame air. That's why you niggas rarely see me on the local scene. A lot of y'all is brainwashed. We don't have the same goals or dreams on social media all day, just posting memes. It seems like the people screaming the most that they won't be sleep. I'm only having convos with my folks a team. Compare the streams, we ain't in the same boat, you see. I'm floating over the peanut gallery to a higher 
salary The flyers in the entire galaxy Cause it's grind over chatter and mind over matter Our brain slowing down as the time going faster Hey, they a new tragedy, the pain won't numb I keep cooking like Sam cause the change gonna come I said it's grind over chatter and mind over matter Our brain slowing down as the time going faster Hey, they a new tragedy, the pain won't numb I keep cooking like Sam cause the change gonna come Dodger make me more of a man Till a man around me understands me more That's a chore in the stands You get the upstate bus, your car in the van Ride or die Just leave me my portion of grams All I needed was some sleep on the shot and a big pie Tell them niggas we on the rise and it can't hide If he took a seat in my ride, he stayed live I could count on four fingers, one will never make five Shot Cautious as I am, they never thought of running in the apartments that I ran. See, I got them out of it. Y'all was in the jam. Now, the more that I understand, my young men to become men. And don't be a dick sucker. When I was out in the streets eating, I missed supper. Yeah, it got cold in jam. The upstate bus or the car in the van. Ride or die. Jay Nice and Edo. Mind over matter. That's a dope song. The thing I like about this Peter Rosenberg album is there's it's putting me on to some rappers I've never heard about. Like Jay Nice, that dude, I think that was the first one I rapped. That was, he was he was talking some stuff I like. So I'm probably going to look him up on YouTube, try to hear some more of his music and see see what he's about because I'm always trying to find new rappers. Like, Homeboy Sandman is somebody I had found in the MySpace era, and he's one of my favorite rappers. I own, like, all his projects now. So I like to find new rappers, and then I like to play stuff on here so you guys can hear the new stuff too and get put on to somebody you might not know about because, like I said, we have to kind of – Start giving, uh, shining a light to the the new guys, the unheard, underground, whatever you want to call it. We got to start putting more of a spotlight on these rappers because I feel like all the negative stuff is what's making it to the airways. And I don't, I mean, maybe it's a conspiracy. Maybe the there's somebody out there, the Illuminati wants that to happen, but we got the internet. Like, I feel like we can give this stuff a voice too. So with this, with this podcast, that's, that's one of my goals where I like to play Stuff that you guys never heard about. I still have the MF Doom tribute I want to do. I still have the DMX and Black Rob tribute. I'm going to do one for Mac Miller this year too. Um, the anniversary of when he passed away. So I have some stuff I want to in, in the in the making. But I'm definitely going to do a Homeboy Sandman appreciation. Just because he is such a good lyricist. And he has so many good songs that I'll put a list together of the ones I want to play. And then I'll come back and do that. But I'm going to end this episode. We're over an hour and 30 minutes. I got to go eat. It's 1 o'clock in the morning. I'm going to put this up tonight, though. Like I said, I'm not really editing it. So this is this is old school Keeping It Real with Jerry Lawrence where all those throwback episodes you hear me that I put up, um, I never used to edit those. So <laughs> whatever mistakes are made, I leave in there. And this is going to be one where whatever I do, I'm going to leave in. Because now, you know, when I watch these podcasts, especially the Joe Budden one, he does a lot. I see small things that maybe y'all don't pick up on, but I'll see stuff that I 
that I would normally take out. I'm like, yo, everybody's letting this stuff rock. Maybe that's what I got to do so I can start podcasting more instead of like worrying about editing everything. Cause I would spend hours and hours and hours in editing. And it's probably not even a lot of stuff you guys would notice. So I'll see how it is. I might listen to this one back. I don't know. I hate listening back. Cause then I'm like very critical. So maybe I should just start putting these episodes out without really listening and I won't worry about it. But I do got to come back and talk about all the drama going on that Joe Budden podcast. Cause there's been so much that's happened still since I've, I've been on here and I want to do more of a deep dive on that. So I'll save that. I didn't, I didn't know I was going to get that much into the stock talk today, but um, Courtney, Courtney asked me to to speak a little bit on uh, what I'm doing with the stocks. Uh, I don't know. Maybe you guys were interested. Maybe you're not, but if you're just now getting into stocks or if you're trying to learn, I think I gave you a little bit of a, a guide on how to do it. One more thing I will say about the stocks before I leave Clark.com. Clark.com is Clark Howard's website. Go to that site and it has, it will guide you in the right direction on anything you're trying to do money wise. Like if you're trying to open up an IRA, if you're trying to open or start um, retirement, if you're trying to do stocks, if you want to learn the best phone bill that you can save money, like his website has the answers to everything. That's the site I went to where I learned. That's what first got me into like, wanting to get into stocks. His website, it, it kind of told me the differences between like Robinhood and Schwab and Vanguard and Fidelity and all these sites. Uh, it was just a wealth of knowledge. And without that, I don't think I would even have started. So Clark.com, if you guys are interested, it's a great site just because I don't feel like he has ulterior motives. I don't feel like he's trying to sell you anything. He really is just genuine and trying to give you guys the game. And that's what I try to do on here. So I would just recommend anybody who's thinking about getting into stocks, or if you want to do a Roth IRA and you don't know where to start, go to Clark's uh, website and just look around, man. Browse his site, and there's a lot of free information on there, a lot of stuff you guys can learn. So I would just, yeah, do that. And um, I will end this episode. I want to play one more song off of the uh, Rosenberg album. So we'll go with, I think it's Snake Eyes. Let me see if this is it. No, that's that's Ghostface. That's a good one too, though. Make sure you, li- like I said, make sure you listen to this Peter Rosenberg album. It is, it's really, really good. I heard him say, like Rosenberg spoke highly of it, but I didn't know if he was really gassing it or what, but it's a good album. So It's called Real Late uh, by Peter Rosenberg. Search for it on all your streaming platforms. I've played two songs off of it already, Mind Over Matter and Dear. So let's end it with Next Chamber featuring Method Man. Shout out to all my Wu-Tang people out there. I feel like this is a, a good song to end with. It's featuring Method Man, Willie the Kid, and uh, Raekwon. Thinking faster than a blink After I smoke a rapper, pluck the ashes in his drink Don't really care what rappers think I bring it back to Cuban links The flow don't go extinct As far as quotas, I'm straight like ain't no soda in my drink Drunk or power, I swear I'm fitting to throw up in the sink Cops some sour, these coppers fitting to throw me in the clink Like a mobster, Sinatra fitting to show up with the mink Flow is bonkers, you rappers fitting to show up to a shrink Therapeutic, assume them G's, I say nah, Judas, just shooters Kindly step to the rear, grand boobers 
For the coolest old schooler since the Sway Puma And all my carriage begin with K, not K jewelers I make maneuvers and for my family I make futures pipe full of smoke Now who wants smoke? I make hookahs Uh, the same reason I don't take Ubers New York State, I don't do statements on state hey, jokers face mask is Louie Uzi chased under the chair like the apocalypse Come rock me if you dare Capturing enemies, we sneaky Camel suit, call it the glamour suit Movie makers, Rosie Hola Nukes The code name is Turkey Wings Holding them hurt me things Personally, I change kings It's more dangerous Rap game, we master Stealth blast The pens got hydrochloric acid Spit in your face Hit, your forearm smashed in Yeah, we scared way in earth When the fire vocals Comments coming Behold, bro, we throwing glaciers With chrome P9s on G-Time Homie, Shalom, Lewis, Rich Peace sign is blue to Ice cold like a Michelob Load the nickel plated in the bands Playing nickel back Michigan plates Mother load This ain't chicken scratch Kicking back Scratching dent, this a different batch. I'm bagging chicks with heirlooms in their earlobes. Crown prince, a mere apparent. Apparently, the suede trench, distinctive. Rocket trinkets, the banks I frequent. Request the manager to speak with. You've been delinquent. I'm drinking mezcal with freaks out in Mesa Beach. My recipe, cook the beat like a Zescabiche. Capiche, you fucking pansies, I'm buying land. Uh, I'm not the type of man you can reprimand. Understanding is the best part, pardon ways. Like a fool in this new money, pardon my ways, I don't graze, I immobilize, I'm over guys, I'm getting paid to socialize, champagne socialist, the leading vocalist, showboat, not a chauvinist, driven like a chauffeur, who dope is this, Rosenberg told me tap in, the woo banger, from Shaolin to Gun Room, next chamber. Rosenberg, Rayquan the Chef, Rayquan the Kid, Rayquan the Kid, 